Well, Happy New Year's, everyone. How are you today? Wide awake, ready to go for 2023. Come on, stand up with me this morning. We're excited that you are here worshiping with us, and it's the start of the new year. God is good. He is here with us today. Let's celebrate and praise his holy name as we start 2023. Shout out your praise. 
God is so good, and he's here with us this morning. And as we welcome 2023, would you please turn to somebody beside you and say Happy New Year and just welcome each other this morning as we lift our voices in praise to the Lord. We are his people, and he is here with us today. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. Brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but see.
Amen. Thanks be to God. That was awesome. We thank God for our band leading us into the new year with praise. Thank you, guys. Well, Happy New Year, church. Happy New Year. Thanks be to God for 2023. Here we come. Glad for joining us online. Listen, all of our guests in the house, welcome. Thanks for joining us today at Crossroads. Thanks for joining us online. Listen, what a better way. There's no better way to start off the new year than to get on our hands and knees and be going before the Lord and seeking Him as we jump into this new year. So listen, our mission here at Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Word says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so that's where we're headed, straight to Jesus. So I want to share with you, as we head into the new year on January 15th, we're going to be starting a series and be praying as a church. We're going to be rallying together, and we're going to have 21 days of prayer. And so if you text CR 21 days to that number, 94,000, it will put you on a texting group that we'll be sending out daily uh, scripture and encouragement as we just head into new year and, and make this part of our everyday, meeting with the Lord and going before him in prayer. So jump into that. Uh, it's also in your bulletin. You can see the information on how to join that texting group. But we'll be sending out daily scripture and encouragement as we go into this new year, 21 days of prayer, starting on January 15th. And then on January 24th, we're going to be having our, listen, we had refuel last year and it was, it was incredible. We had uh, Jonathan Falwell, Charles Billingsley was here, which didn't we love Charles? That was awesome. Like he, yeah, we did it. He was great. So listen, Charles is going to be coming back with Matt Wilmington and a whole host of people from Liberty University, as well as Dave Early coming over from Ohio, and they're going to be ha- we're going to be putting on hosting a one day discipleship uh, conference. We're going to be talking about Jesus. We're going to be talking about how we reach our neighbors for Christ, help them grow, and it's just encouraging. It's refreshing to be with other believers, other people from other churches. We had 37 churches represented here last year. Like, that was awesome. It was great to connect with other people from our, our area. And so this is a completely free event. Chick-fil-A is free for lunch. And it's going to be a great time to connect. And so that's going to be on the 24th of January. Our church will be hosting. And it's going to be a phenomenal day. So we're thanking God that he's allowing us to have this again on the 24th of January. So come on out for Refuel. It's going to be great. And then uh, just to let you know, uh, you can see all the information in your bulletin, but our Wednesday night groups are resuming this week. So kids ministry, men's and women's groups. And so that's going to be jumping back into the new year this Wednesday. And then church, our birthday gift to Jesus. Our goal was $100,000. And we asked God to provide above and beyond for the needs of these missionaries. And look at what God has provided. Praise be to God. Isn't that awesome? And in looking over these people on this list and seeing the videos and hearing the stories, God has provided for these missionaries. So thanks be to God. So we so let's give God another hand. Thanks be to his name for this. Praise be to God. It's incredible. So you can continue to give to the birthday gift of Jesus. You can use the envelopes and then just put them in the boxes uh, in the auditorium or in the lobby. You can also give online to the birthday gift of Jesus. And I also just want to say, church, thank you for giving just faithfully giving unto the Lord, worshiping Him, and just saying, hey, God, thank you for all that you've given me, and just giving back as a form of worship. So thank you for giving. You can give online through the mail or those boxes on the wall, just being faithful unto the Lord is all that He's given us. So thank you, church, for being faithful. Would you pray with me as we continue on this morning? Father God, thank you for the truth, uh, Lord, that Rhonda just shared, is that you are the Father of kindness. Lord, I think about our series that we did, all about, all about the shepherd talking all about you. Lord, we're sheep. And to think, Lord, that 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, all we want to do is be with you. We just want to dwell in your presence. And we know we can do that forever. And that starts with a personal relationship with you, Jesus, and it, then, it, and then it continues on. We can just walk with you, talk with you, and be with you daily. So, Lord, this, this is the day that we're going to put the stake in the ground as your church, and we're going to say we are going to dwell in your house. No other houses. We're going to dwell in your house, Jesus. Lord, as we jump back into Wednesday nights, as we have refuel, we have 21 days of prayer, God, we commit this to you. This is all for you. We want to see our city come to know you in this world, come to know you. And Lord, amidst all the craziness, thank you, God, that you're constantly leading us into kindness and grace and mercy, all because of your son, Jesus. We love you so much, and we commit this time to you. In Christ's name, amen. Church, would you stand as we continue on? Oh, oh, oh. 
Welcome to 2023, the first church service at Crossroads of 2023. Let's praise our great God. Amen. What a great God we serve. Man, you guys encourage me. I'll just tell you that. You're like saying stick them to a mad dog out there, so look out. It's going to be a fun day today. Hey, before we jump into the message here, just a few things, uh, maybe just a little less on that mic there. 
Um, just a few things today that uh, as we jump into into this uh, new year before we before we jump into there. First of all, I want to say thank you. Maybe a little bit more now. I'm, something's bouncing up here. My ears are all over the place. So a little a little bit more there. Right. All right. Uh, as, uh, as we jump into the new year here, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving to the birthday gift of Jesus. You know, that is a miracle of the Lord. We pray, we ask the Lord, and He provides. And as you keep giving, everything that comes in will go out to those missionaries. So we, we gave you a list of 100,000. We hit 104. We're going to see where God will take that in the next two weeks here, and we'll just continue to send all that out. So I just want to clarify that. Everything that comes in goes out on that offering. So continue to give, and let's bless his name. Amen? And, uh, you know, I got uh, yesterday, uh, actually on Christmas Day, I, got, I get messages on my phone from some of these missionaries. Last night I was getting missionary, uh, uh, texts from several of the missionaries around the world just wishing us a happy new year and encouraging us as we are trying to encourage them. So that, that's really exciting there as well. And I want to encourage you, the 21 days, I know Luke's already mentioned it to you, we're going to ask our church, this is, this is, uh, this is not just a text group, this is a, I'm going to ask everyone in our church to commit to praying for 21 days straight. I want to encourage you to pray every day, but this will be a concentrated 21 days of prayer where we're going to pray for your family, you're going to pray for your, your own growth, your, the growth of your family, and you're going to pray for our church. And so we're going to ask the Lord to, to give us the new direction for 2023. You know, every day is, uh, you know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but every day is new with Christ. And so he has something new that he wants us to do. And I'm asking the Lord to lead us and guide us as we go into this new year of 2023. <clears throat> you know, it was, uh, it was just a few years ago. Everybody was all excited because it was 2020. And everybody had all their visions in January. And then in March, there was nothing. And so the whole world changed. So we don't know what God's going to do. But we know uh, that he is going to do something. He is doing a new work all the time. And then before I jump into the before I jump into the message this morning, one I'd like for you to pray for this morning. A family in our church had a house fire on Christmas Eve. Um, Joyce Holsap, on many of you know Joyce. Her mother Linda Duzik also comes here, and uh, they had a house fire. They live here in Monongahela, and um, it was uh, they were using some space heaters to heat up some frozen pipes, and uh, and then the wires actually caught up in their house. So uh, they were awake. Everybody was evacuated. They lost a few uh, animals, but uh, all the humans were protected. So I want you to pray for Joyce, Holsapple, and family. Uh, we're going to open up a fund here, and so if you'd like to give to them and designate for the, just call it Fire Fund, okay, Fire Fund, and we will, we were, we're going to help them. They have insurance that will be taken care of in many ways, but we want to help in many of those needs in between. So I want to just stop and pray. I've uh, talked to their family this week, and and as you could only imagine, uh, Christmas Eve, that's just, there's no time for this ever, right? But uh, on Christmas Eve of all days, what a, what a hard, hard day. So I'm just going to pray and uh, ask the Lord for strength for the whole Staple family and uh, that God will just continue to, uh, to move mightily and uh, his will will be done. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for our church family, Lord. You have uh, opened up the, the hearts of your people generosity towards you, towards these missionaries, towards each other, Lord. And God, as we, we think today, before we open your word here in just a few moments, Lord, we think of those that are hurting in our church family. Lord, there are many that are hurting this morning, but we lift up to you, particularly Joyce Holsapple and her family, 
And we just ask, God, that you'll give them the grace and the strength needed, Lord. I, I know that uh, you're with them. You promised that you'd never leave them nor forsake them. So, God, I ask that as we come to, as the church to try and meet the needs and come alongside these people, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll give us the wisdom and direction and that you'll lay on our hearts what we're to do to help, Lord. And uh, we just ask that you'll give them the strength and uh, just, uh, just, uh, just the whole emotional recovery, Lord, even just coming out of there. But we thank you that everyone was safe and that you are moving in a mighty way. So, God, be with our church family today, Lord, as we're moving into the new year. We're so excited about what you are going to do in our lives. And we just ask your presence on us now as we open your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we jump into the new year, you know, the new year is always an exciting time. Uh, you know, how many of you stayed up till midnight last night? Raise your hand. Hey, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I made it till 2 a.m. on my couch. We went out to dinner with some friends, and then we got home, and, uh, you know, I said, you know, I was like, oh, it's just me and my wife there. So I was like, honey, you got to kiss me. Everybody's gone. Just kiss me, right? So I gave my wife a kiss at midnight, and then she went to bed. And I kept studying my sermon, so it's going to be a good one. But that was a great day, a great day, and uh, I thank God for all that he's done. And, you know, as you walk into a new year, you start to think about what's the future going to look like, you know? You start thinking about, you know, this is the number one time they sell weight loss books, right? You want to lose weight, you can find it all everywhere. I got all the books. There were, none of them work. <laughs> Batteries weren't included, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you, you have to follow them, right? You got to do something about it. Uh, there's so many, so many incredible things. You're going to be thinking about how to clean your closets. You're going to be thinking, you know, right now is the time of year. You're just kind of cleansing. You go down, you want to organize your closets. I mean, you go down to Home Depot, Lowe's. Tractor supply, everything will be on supply. Everybody will be on sale for those type of things. Why? Because this is how we operate. We kind of go in this rhythm. And as we walk into this rhythm of life, we are right now thinking about what will the future look like? What will 2023 look like? I know last year on this day, January the 1st, I had set several goals and I've accomplished several of those goals and several of those goals I've gotten half on. But I've gotten progress, and I've moved forward, and I can say, wow, thanks be to God. And if I can predict what i look like, what, what my life would look like coming up here at, by 2024, like in the next 365 days, that would be incredible. But we just can't. You know, there's a few people who have tried to make predictions. Some of the experts will make predictions. One of the experts uh, back in 1987, a company by the name of Apple, you ever heard of that? They predicted the iPhone you would be able to search the Internet with your voice. Hey, Siri. It is so funny. I get around people and they start yelling at Siri. You know, Siri. No, I said this, Siri. You know, they start talking, getting upset with Siri, right? Uh, in 1987, they, they predicted that the iPhone would exist and that there would be a voice search of the Internet. Remind you, the Internet wasn't available yet in 1987. None of us had it in our homes. Um, in 1900, John Alfred Watkins, he, uh, he wrote 100 years predictions. He gave these predictions of 100 years, what would happen in 100 years. And listen to what he writes. He says, photographs will be telegraphed from any distance. If there be a battle in China 100 years from now, snapshots of, it must, uh, snapshots of its most striking events will be published in the newspaper an hour later. 
those photographs, they will reproduce all of nature's colors. Now, this is 100 years ago. I mean, think of photography 100 years ago. Think of all the things that people think would come true. Here's a prediction that didn't come true. In uh, 1967, uh, experts predicted that all the technology would change our lives and that by the year 2000, we would have so much free time that our biggest problem would be wondering what to do with all of our leisure time. Has this, has this phone helped anybody get that? No, it hasn't helped me in the slightest, right? Um, listen, here's what happens. Our, our life get, begets, begins to get a little bit crazier. Technology is kind of taking over our lives. But as you start to move into this new year, you want to know what will the future look like. And I can tell you this. I don't know what the future will look like, but I know who holds the future. I know who holds tomorrow. Jesus, our God in heaven, holds tomorrow. So you may, be, you may have a fear. You may have a doubt of what next year may look like. But let me tell you that God promises to be with you and to never leave you and never forsake you. So therefore, you have some big goals in your heart and in your mind that you're saying, man, I want to accomplish this this year. Well, listen, the Lord is with you. And some of the big things that I set out for in 2022, the Lord was with me and he didn't leave me. And because I didn't make all those goals doesn't mean that the Lord was nowhere, that he was away, away from me. And it doesn't mean anything. It just means that the Lord was with me and it's okay that you didn't make your goals. And so as we jump into this today, what, what are we to do? That's, that's what I like to think about this. What are we to do with the new year? I want to look in the Old Testament real briefly here at what a New Year's Day in the Old Testament. Check this out. On Exodus 40, beginning in verse 1, verse 1 and 2, and the Lord said to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month, oh, for us that's today, this is in the Jewish calendar. On the Jewish calendar, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. And so what was happening, he says, listen, on the very first day of the very first month, I want you to go out. And this is, he was, you know, he had given them all these instructions how to do this thing. And he wanted them to, to build it. He, he told them that you're going to make this beautiful. You're going to use all your skills. So he used all the different people, had their skills. They came, they used their talents. Uh, they, were, they made a lot of sacrifices to make these things. They were responsible for everything on the inside of the tabernacle, and they came together. Now, I want you to catch this, because they were responsible to put God in the center. So this is what happened on Exodus chapter 40. On the first day of the first month, on the first day, New Year's Day, they placed God at the center. The tabernacle, this tent of meeting, the tabernacle tent of meeting, Tabernacle means dwelling place of God. So I want to challenge us today. In the Old Testament, we saw that they were responsible to set it up. And that, that is just striking to me. Go back to that verse there. The verse says there, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the place for God to meet. Do you see the responsibility there? You will set it up. You know, we have priorities. Priorities are ours to set up. If we don't set up our priorities, if we don't set up this place for God to meet in my life, it probably won't happen. And that's what God has called us to do. He wants us to set this up to meet with the Lord. You shall, meet, you shall set up the tabernacle, the, the dwelling place of the tent of meeting, this place where God would meet with you. You are responsible. So, 
So what he's saying here for us is, is to make the first things the first things. We are responsible for our priorities, and so therefore we have to make the first things the first things. And so how do we do that? Like, you know, we, we don't have this tabernacle that we set up. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says that you are the tabernacle. When we get together as the body of Christ, we are the tabernacle. That's why when you came in, th- this place was buzzing today. Did you notice that? You were all up till midnight. Two-thirds of you. And then, and then you're, you're happier today. Why? Because this is, this is the tabernacle. This is the meeting place where God dwells. And so when we come in here, it's not the building. It's where the two or three are gathered. Two or three hundred people are gathered. And we come together. And all of a sudden, God begins to work. And you sense his presence. And you worship the Lord. And you say, yes. Yes, Lord, I, I love you. I follow you. I worship you. And then as we come now here, I want to encourage you to, to set this in your life. And how do we set this? Well, the Apostle Paul, he had written a book, uh, written a letter to the church at Ephesus. And in the letter of the church of Ephesus, he takes chapters 1, 2, and 3, and he gives doctrine. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, right? He gives, he gives all this strong doctrine in, in the first half. And then in the second half, chapters 4, 5, and 6, he gives a lot of how to live. Walk this way, walk that way. So I'm going to give you three verses here today. And as you look at these three verses, we're going to find that there's three priorities, that, uh, three ways that, that will help us navigate the new year. You know, I think that there's, uh, there's times that we need some markers to help us know where we're going. I was reading about a port in Italy that, uh, that's kind of shallow and a little narrow place. And when the ships come in, they have these poles. And uh, whenever the, the captain of the ship will take, and, and there's three poles. And whenever the captain of the ship will come along and he takes the ship and he lines up to those poles, he knows he's going in the right direction. He knows that, the, that he won't bottom out. He knows that he's going to be able to make it through. And they have these guides up. Well, I'm going to give you three of those today. Actually, I'm going to give you four of those today. And as you look into the scripture here, beginning in Ephesians 5.15, it says this here. This is, this is the first one. It says, then, um, therefore, be careful how you walk. All right? The, uh, there's another translation that uses the word circumspectly. And so I want, you to ca- uh, I want you to catch this. Therefore, be careful how you walk. See then that you walk circumspectly. Um, what, what does that mean to walk circumspectly? Has that, you know, does anybody say, hey, uh, I've got to watch it. I was walking circumspectly today. <laughs> you know? Hey, honey, I think you're a little circumspect. You know, I mean, no, no, you just, we just don't use that, right? That's an old English word. It means it's circum, all right? It means circum, circle, all right? We say circumvent, circum around, uh, circum, uh, circumference, circumnavigate, all right? Going around. And then the word spec, circumspect means to look. And so the Greek word here, see that you walk circumspectly, is this. It's a call to live with exactness. Uh, you're going to walk in your life and you're going to notice how to live and you're going, to, you're going to have a purpose in your life. There's, you know, listen, if we just take life and, and just roll with the punches, listen, we have to. There's a lot of circumstances I can't control. I have to roll with those. But if you don't set a mission for your life, your life will never hit the mission. If you just wander haphazardly, you'll, you'll keep wandering haphazardly. The Scripture says here, see then that you walk circumspectly. He wants you to call, uh, call to live with exactness. To, uh, to have principles that will govern how that I interact with my family, 
based on God's word, principles of how I interact with my family, how I interact with the community, how I interact with everybody everywhere. And so Ephesians 5.17, see then that you walk circumspectly, that you walk carefully. So the first point in your notes this morning is to walk carefully. Carefully walk through life. As you go through life, you're going to want to say, listen, I'm going to have a plan. Uh, you know, many people, uh, you've heard the, the story about the guy who took, he, had, he came to town riding, and he was shooting, had the gun, he was shooting all of his bullets, and as he was shooting, he hit all these trees, and people asked him what he was doing. He went back later, and he drew bullseyes around all those bullet holes, and he said, I was just hitting my bullseyes, and I think sometimes that's what happens to us in our life. We look at life at the end and say, well, that's what I was trying to do. No, that's not what you were trying to do. You were wandering aimlessly. The Scriptures call us to walk carefully. See that you walk carefully, circumspectly. Um, the illustration that uh, I want you to think about this morning is that guy, as he shoots that, and, and he, as he puts that up there, he draws that circle around there. Um, that's not the way you want to live. Uh, many times you've heard, uh, when you were a kid, you may have heard your parents tell you, be careful, watch out. Uh, there's a, a young man across the street from us. His name's Junior. I love Junior. Comes to the church here, Palmers. Junior, he's a good kid. But every now and then in the summer, you know, we'll send stuff back and forth across the street, you know. And so he'll come, he'll want to come over across the street, and his dad will get on him and say, Junior. I mean, just yell at him, right? Because he's not looking. There's cars coming up and down my street. I, I that's that's not exactly a quiet street at times. And so when those cars are coming, he says, look, you have to be careful. And it's just like walking out in the traffic. If I'm not walking, if I'm just walking out in the traffic wandering aimlessly, I'm going to get run over. I'm going to, I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm going to be hurt. So he says, I want you to walk carefully in your life, walk circumspectly. I want you to think about people who have walked carefully. I have a picture here of, uh, this is a guy by the name of Nick Walenda. I would say that's walking carefully, wouldn't you? Go to the next one there. Just, yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. That was in 2012, June 15th, 2012. I remember seeing that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Now, uh, go to the next picture there. You'll see that they actually have him chained to the thing because uh, all the media and all couldn't risk him actually going down. I understand it was six football fields long. Six football fields. Now, I couldn't do that from here to the first row. Right? But listen, guy knows how to do it. He's walking, looking very carefully. And as he does it, every move is calculated. And as he calculates every move, why? Because he has a goal. His goal is not to hang by a rope in the air. His goal is to make it to the other side. He came from a family known as the Flying Melindas. And, and, and listen, the whole family understood how to walk circumspectly. Literally, how to walk and how to be careful, how to watch out. So look around, measure every step. I want you to look at your life. Uh, look at life with precision. What am I doing with my life? What has God called me to do? Ephesians 5:15, continuing on. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So the second thing in your notes this morning is walk in wisdom. You know, it's not just merely enough to know knowledge. Knowledge is fun, isn't it? You can, uh, you can gain and, and know a lot of knowledge. But no, uh, wisdom is taking the knowledge and actually applying it. 
using it in the right vein, the right way. Um, I read a little article a while back about a guy, and uh, he was he was telling about how knowledge has has come a long way. And so he said that if you were to take all the knowledge that we had recorded up until the year 1845 and represent it on a scale of one inch, it, it would be one inch. All that knowledge from then. And then if you take all the knowledge that we've gained from 1845 to 1945, it becomes three inches. So you've got one inch all that time versus 100 years now is three inches. And what we've learned from 1945 to 1975 would be the height of the Washington Monument at 555 feet. So you, you have knowledge, and like all this knowledge, we keep growing and, and we keep expanding. We learn all kind of knowledge, and knowledge is readily available. Um, if, you, if, you ta- if you look at it today, from 1975 to today, that knowledge has quadrupled. And so knowledge is, uh, there's a lot of knowledge. There's no lack of knowledge. What there is, is, is there's a people in our world, and sometimes we fall prey to this. We can be smart, but we can be foolish. 2 Timothy 3.7 says that there's a group of people that are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth of God. The biggest fool in the Bible. Look here. Psalm 14.1. Read this with me. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Man, the fool has said that there is no God. And I want, I want to encourage you. When we read that, we say, oh, yeah, that's like an atheist, right? Well, you know what else it is? It's like... It's like you and I sometimes we say, I don't want God to mess with my life. Sometimes it's like we say, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't want God interfering with that decision. You know, I, I went to church, I did this, but that decision, that, that uh, listen, the fool has said in his heart, no God. I, I want you to think, yeah, you ever been to a restaurant and they, they give you that coffee cup and you drink the first cup? Then they give you another one, you drink it again. Then she comes around and you put your hand over the lid. And you're saying, no coffee. The fool has said in his heart, no God. No God, stay out. And I think that there's many people that have knowledge about God. There's even people that have theological, they understand theology, but yet, despite their knowledge of theology, they practically live like an atheist. They don't want God in their life. They don't, they don't pull God into their life. They don't allow him into their decision-making process and so, you know, knowledge is not bad. Knowledge is good. As a matter of fact, we read in, in uh, Second Peter, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's our goal for this year. That's what I want. I want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But knowledge should be converted into wisdom and applied. It helps you make choices. It helps you know where you should go, what you should do in your life. Uh, the things that you should buy, the movies that you should watch, how you could, should conduct yourself. That, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse uh, 15 again. See then that you walk at circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The third thing in your notes is this, to watch faithfully. Watch faithfully. He says, redeem the time. For the days are evil. Hmm, interesting. Uh, time is something that uh, is not our friend, is it? You get up in the mirror and you, you look a year later and you say, Oh, time was not my friend. <laughs> oh, time was not my friend. 
I mean, there's time has not been my friend in many ways. I got some really good pictures of whenever, I, well, they weren't even good then, but you know, we have great pictures whenever I was young. But you, 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 wow. And, and I'll tell you what, here's, here's an interesting thing here. There, yeah, the, the calendar that we live on, the 365 days, is based on the ro- rotation of the earth to make its way around the sun. And so as we, we have that yearly, that's what it takes to do that. But I was reminded here that, uh, that out of those 365 days, our days are limited. Psalm 90.10 says this, The days of our lives are 70, 70 years, and if by reason of strength, they are 80. So I did a little bit of math here today. I was double-checking it before I came up. If I, if I live to be 70, I've got 5,475 days. Kind of changes a little perspective, doesn't it? I mean, 54, 5475. Psalm 39 says that the Lord remind me, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting that my life is. Listen, our life is here but for a season. They asked Dr. Billy Graham what surprised him about life. He said, what's the most thing, most surprising thing that you've discovered about life? And he said this. He said, it's brevity. It's brevity. I want you to think about that. He lived to be in his 90s, didn't he? He said, it's so fast. It went by so fast. The scriptures tell us that life is like a vapor. We're here today and we're gone tomorrow. The word used for time is uh, typically you see this word chronos. It means chronology, right? Tick, 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 tick. But the word here, he says, redeem the time is kairos, which means an event. He says, redeem In other words, seize the moment. Seize the moment. Seize this time now, for the days are evil. He says, redeeming the time. What does that mean? Redeeming means to buy back, to make profitable. So I want to encourage you to redeem the time, to watch faithfully. Look at your life and make your days count, because the days are evil Jesus said this in John 9, 4. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I must work the works of him who sent me. Folks, I want to encourage you today to be about the Father's business. And as we go into the next year, to look at your life and realize that, yes, time is bad out there. Yes, it is. Our world is getting worse, and it will continue to get worse. But God has called us to live, to walk as with wisdom, to watch faithfully, redeem the time, take the most. You know why this is? Is because there's a, there's a lot of opportunities to waste our time, and you know how you waste your time. You look back over last year and say, "I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have made it to Planet Fitness." Nah, I didn't wish that. You, know, you, you wish all kind of things, right? I wish I could have been a better cook. I mean, you wish all kind of things. But as you set this out, what did I do instead of going and doing and reading my Bible and praying? Oh, but oh, there was a TV show. What? I gave my time to mindless somebody else telling me what to think. Man, listen, there's so much that God wants for your life. Uh, listen, time can be wasted in many ways. Good things. 
You can waste your time in good things. You know, if our priorities are not in line, we're wasting our time on the wrong things. They may be good. They may be fun. We live in a culture that's bombarded by fun. We think that fun is the number one priority. God says, I want, I want you to place me at the center of your life. I, I want, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with fun, but don't place fun at the center of your life. Again, the, 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 it's just so common today. Oh, well, I did this, and then, well, you know, I did, you know, and then we, we put God, well, I didn't have time. And let me tell you, you'll never have time if we're living by fun first, by self, by all these things. And so God wants us to, to walk faithfully. You know, you can waste time in sin. You can waste time in petty affairs, shallow affairs, going to bars, gossiping, petty arguments, holding on to arguments. I mean, you, you name it. Man, there's all kinds of ways that you can waste sin from good to bad. To, to, to good to ugly. Man, there's all kind of ways that you, can, that you can waste your time. And God says, I want you to watch carefully. I want you to redeem the time for the days are evil. And then number four, he says to work thoughtfully. Work thoughtfully. Do not be wise. Verse 17. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, God has given us his word. And in his word, you will find his will for your life. His will for your life is, is pretty clear. He said, I'm just going to give you a couple brief thoughts on that. We'll continue that. He says, God wants people to know him. He says, it's the will of the Father that none should perish, but that all should come to know the Lord as their Savior. Amen? That's the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord is for you to know God. Jesus came to this earth. He paid for your sin once for all, forever. And he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. And if that's you today, you say, Ken, I'm ready. I want to trust that Jesus, what he did on the cross. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few moments to trust him because that's what he is called. That's the number one purpose in life is for us to know him. As as you become a follower of Christ, the will of God is that we we become more like Christ. We see that all over the scripture. Uh, God wants holy people to become humble. He wants us to be Holy in His sight. We are holy when, he, when we trust Him. And then He grows us and, and our life begins to change. He changes us. Then He wants us to become humble. And the Scriptures talk about being submissive to authority, to the authorities that God has placed in your life over in 1 Peter 2.13. Um, sometimes God wants us to suffer. And that's not the most popular message out there. But sometimes there's suffering as part of the journey that God's called us on. And God promises to be with us. The, the, one of the most popular verses on the will of God stands out to me in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says to be thankful in all circumstances. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God. And so this is how God wants us to live. Um, this morning, I want to encourage you as we begin this new year. I'm excited. We're going to wrap up the service here in just a few moments with a baptism. Did you notice the tree was gone behind me? Some of you thought I was Scrooge. Listen, we have uh, three young people, I think, who are going to get baptized this morning. And they said, we want to get baptized on the first day of the year. And I said, we'll tear anything down for you to get baptized. Amen? But I, listen, I want to encourage you. Watch. Walk carefully. Walk in wisdom. This is the new year. The slate is clean. Look. You know, look, look at your life. 
and, and work thoughtfully. Man, look, redeem the time for the days are evil. Man, that's closing prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I, there's a few tools that I'm going to give you out there. If you, you want to jump in, you want to start growing that relationship with God, uh, go to our resource table in the foyer. You'll find there's, uh, there's Bible reading plans. You can, you can read the Bible through in a year. There's a Bible in a year. You can take that one. Uh, there's one that's five minutes a day, five days a week. It's called the five-by-five five plan. Many people in our church love that. They're out there. I want you, I want you to take them and go and, and begin to work your way through God's Word. Uh, no better day to start than today. January 1st is the greatest, greatest clean slate for all of us. But maybe this morning there's a number of people in here. Maybe you have not opened your heart to Jesus. Maybe God's been speaking and you just haven't, you didn't know, and God has spoken to you today and you want to trust him. Wow, what a, what a way. You want to talk about a truly clean slate to have your sins forgiven and to watch God give you a new life and direction. So if that's you today, would you just pray something like this with me? Quietly where you're sitting, just pray, Dear Jesus, and just, just call on the Lord now. Dear Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. I've sinned and I've fallen short of the glorious standard of God. But Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. And you rose again. And I trust you right now with my heart and soul. I give you my heart today, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross that I might have eternal life. Thank you for what you're going to do in my life. And for all of us, would you just surrender to the Lord? Let's all start off our new year. You came to the right place. Man, God brought you here. There's no better way to start a new year than to start in the presence of God Almighty. And we came together as His tabernacle. And now God says, on the first day of the year, I want you to set the tabernacle, my place in your life. And so I'm going to ask every one of us in here today, would you set the place of God in your life? Would you begin to make that prayer now? When you go home, what is God going to lead you to do to accomplish that? Is it a special time you're going to carve out of your schedule? Is it a special place that you're going to meet with the Lord? Maybe it's in your family room. Maybe it's in your den. It's in your office. It's going to reflect on your calendar because it's going to be your priority to make that tabernacle in your life. Father God, be with each one of us, Lord. God, we are so thrilled today as we, as we watch these young people get baptized today. Lord, as we celebrate with this family and watch these kids get baptized, Lord, I pray that you'll give, give them encouragement and just uh, what a wonderful blessing it will be for them as they take this spiritual walk in their life. God, be with each person. Many in here have opened their hearts to you today, Lord, and many are making decisions to walk with wisdom, to walk carefully, to watch, to work as unto the Lord, to seize the time for the days are evil. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. We're going to sing a song of worship and then we'll have our baptisms and then we'll be dismissed.
So, today, right here, I have Patrick. And Patrick came up to me and said that he wanted to get baptized. So, Patrick, I have one question for you. Have you decided that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior? Yes. So, upon that profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And here we have Parker. Here, let's see, Parker, let's stand. Yeah, there it is. So Parker is Patrick's little brother, and he told Patrick that he wanted to get baptized with him. Parker, have you decided that Jesus is your Christ and your Savior? Upon that profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, 
raised in the likeness of his resurrection. <laughs> okay. And then we have one more. She's going to take a she's going to be here in a second. And her name is Paige. And Paige came up and said that she wanted to be baptized with her brothers. And this was a big deal for her because she was very scared to do this. And so I'm so excited that she's going to take this step to show you guys of her faith. Oh, and she's wearing a Star Wars shirt. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I told you it was going to be warm. I told you that. All right, Paige. Have you decided that Jesus is your Christ and your Savior? All right. Upon that profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. I absolutely love this type of stuff. I'm so glad that these students have decided that they want to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's thank our great God, huh? Man, no no better way to uh, start the new year off than to baptize people. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward decision, and these young people are following Christ, and that's their outward sign. Amen? Hey, let's stand together and be dismissed. Happy New Year. We'll see you next Sunday. All right, guys. Good job. Really happy for you guys. Good job.